That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries to become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. I'm Sarah Saunders. And I'm Heather Drago. For those of you returning, thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate you and we're glad you're finding our content helpful. A quick reminder, while Sarah is a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, we welcome you on this journey, but also invite you to seek out professional help. Go to this episode's page on our website and click the link to find a therapist near you. Today, Sarah's going to talk to us about how creativity can help interrupt the stress cycle and give us an outlet so that we can process our thoughts and feelings and encourage healing. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Heather. So I don't know about you, but after the interview with Jennifer Stringer, I was just, it was such an emotional interview. And I was quickly reminded about my deep appreciation for art and the power and impactful influence it has on our mental health. Um, If you guys haven't had a chance, I would highly, highly, highly encourage you to go and listen to episode five, which is our interview with Jennifer Stringer. Um, I'm not sure how many of you know this, but a fun fact about me is that I have training in art therapy and have spent years working with clients using art as a way to heal and communicate thoughts and emotions in a nonverbal way. For over a decade, I actually worked with individuals on the autism spectrum and different developmental disabilities. And it was through art that we actually connected and communicated. While doing creative art therapy interventions with clients, I always have to remind people that you don't have to be an artist to create art. To be creative, you just have to be human. Creativity is a part of all of us. Yeah, that reminds me of that old Picasso saying that we're all born artists. It's just then we get taught and it gets taught out of us. So like if a child colors a tree purple, the teacher says, no, trees are brown and it gets the creativity is taught out of them. So you're right. Everyone is born with creativity. Everyone has that innate ability to express themselves in some way. I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that up. It's so true. And art can be a calming and a motivational outlet for so many people. Research shows that art can have a powerful influence on a person's well-being and outlook. It can create a sense of purpose and optimism. And one of the things that I love the most is that art is a wellness activity that can change a person's frame of mind. I never thought of art as wellness and research shows and proves Mm -hmm. that that it is absolutely uh, a wellness activity. It can impact um, our emotions and our attitude. And it can also help a body filled with stress and fear become more relaxed and focused. So uh, I brought up how I went to art school and stuff, right? So we all know I'm, a, I'm an artist or whatever. So I thought I was going to be the next great painter out of New York City. And that isn't what happened, but I am a painter. So when I was raising babies, when I was where you are, and I had my two babies, and I, well, I started out with one baby and then eventually ended up with two, but 
<laughs> I was exhausted and sleep deprived and I would, um, you know, be up in the middle of the night with my baby. And then I would, um, well, he was about two at this point. And then, you know, my husband would work, he'd come home, I would feed them at seven o'clock, I would leave. And I would go to my warehouse studio in Midtown Cleveland, and I would paint till two in the morning, and I would be exhausted. But that I would just tune out. And I, you know, I've told everybody how I have fibromyalgia and stuff. I've had that forever. And so I would have physical pain. I would have stress. I would have fatigue just from being a mom. Um, and that was where I would re-energize, even though I was not getting as much sleep as I probably should have, but I would go there and I, all that stress would come out and be gone in the pain. Like I would just go into that creative zone and process whatever I needed to process. I didn't even realize I was doing it, but it was just my outlet. And then, you know, I pack up two 30 and go home and get my four hours of sleep or whatever, and then start all over again. But that's how I got through those years. It was just painting. So wow. I totally hear you. I had no idea about that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for all those sharing. big paintings you see behind me in my hallway. I mean, those were all done when my kids were little because I just needed that outlet. Well, that's amazing. And when we create something, it actually it moves the internal an idea to an external the expression. And that's very cathartic. And mm -hmm. so what I'm hearing is that that was helpful for you to kind of recharge. And also yeah. all of those like mother her motherhood emotions that you were feeling, you were able to express all of that. Yeah, things that, that, we that stress out. Yeah, right. So sometimes art has like an intimidating connotation, because it's commonly thought of as drawing or painting. It can also seem intimidating because our inner critic can creep in. So for those of you that <laughs> listen, I call mine the shitty committee <laughs> that, that meets in my head, my negative thoughts. And those negative thoughts, they can be really, really judgmental and they can make it difficult for us to create. Yeah. And, and so for a lot of people, making art can be very nerve wracking. From experience with clients, when I prompt clients to engage in some type of art related intervention, I commonly hear them say, like, I'm terrible at art. I'm not an artist. What exactly should I do? What materials should I use? What if it doesn't look good? Interestingly enough, studies show that despite those fears, engaging in any sort of visual expression results in the reward pathways in the brain being activated, which means that you feel good and it it's perceived as a pleasurable experience, even if you have those negative thoughts in the beginning. So what's important to keep in mind when thinking about art is that it encompasses all methods and mediums. So yes, it does include drawing and painting, but it also includes sculpting, journaling, creative writing, songwriting, poetry, digital art and design, cooking, even gardening and dancing, singing. I mean, Heather... Yeah. So this brings to mind what's happening in my house right now. So I have an art student who 
uh, took a break from school for a year, which was very difficult for her, upsetting, depressing. Like here she was on her path and she had to stop. Um, I have a recent college graduate who now is facing this economy where he can't get a job. And so they're both stressed out. And what's funny to me is my art student, who's a, she's a, uh, she does animation and illustration and, you know, she's just incredibly prolific, incredibly talented. She's not really creating a lot of visual art. What she's doing is creative writing. And so both of them are gamers and they both are doing um, like it's like Dungeons and Dragons, different kinds of role-playing games. And there are these virtual platforms where you can meet from people from all over with people from all over the world. And so they've made friends all over the country and in different in different countries. And then they're each like leading these games. And so my daughter is constantly writing and she's doing this very creative, imaginative writing and creating characters. And this is something she actually had difficult with doing before the pandemic. She always struggled with writing. Mm -hmm. So she's finding this other creative outlet and she's so happy. They're having, they're having this, they're, they're being able to be social and they're also like creating all the time, every day. And I'm feeling like that's, what's getting them through all of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to recognize that when you're doing something creative, you don't have to spend this like, you know, you don't have to have two hours or four hours to do it. It's so one of the things that I've been doing, and for those of you that do follow me, I've taken a little bit of like a social media hiatus, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've just been really mindful of rather than scrolling, like mindlessly scrolling, I've been doing something art related, whether it's doodling, whether, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have, and I'll talk about this a little bit, but those like adult coloring books or, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, and I talk a lot about self-care and it can be just like a quick five minute thing, 10 minute thing, but I don't know if this happens for you, Heather, but as Christmas is coming, I always like to do kind of like personalized things. And I realized like there are times and even when I'm cooking as well, like I look at the clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, two hours just went by and you don't even realize because you're, you're doing something so enjoyable and life-giving. Yeah. Artists and athletes call that the zone when you get into the zone and Mm -hmm. you kind of, or sometimes it's called hyper-focus. Yeah. Um, And literally when I talked about how I'd paint and it'd be late at night and I have fibromyalgia, literally the pain I felt in my body would go away. Mm-hmm. I literally would not feel pain at all. And sometimes I don't feel hunger or thirst. Like yeah. I just, I'm so engaged in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and nowadays I'm not painting, but I'm, um, you know, I do the coloring books and stuff to de-stress, but my art format are, is building websites. I love building websites. Mm-hmm. It's just a different set of tools to create right. something. And I will look up at the clock and realize four hours have gone by. And I was like, oh, I was just going to do one half hour <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, whoops. Um, right. So yeah, totally. You lose sense of time. You yeah. lose sense of the outside world. You really go into your head and enjoy creating. Well, and you brought up a great point that I actually didn't add in here is, you know, just kind of that like pain management, like it really mm-hmm. can be a way to Absolutely. manage pain. Mm-hmm. So art can also help uncover and understand feelings in a different way. So it can improve self-esteem by providing clarity and purpose, which reduces stress. It can provide sensory pleasure and generate mm-hmm. a positive flow of 
flood of emotions. Um, and for those of you regular listeners, you know how much I love growth mindset. I talked about it the last mini sewed and I, I keep talking about <laughs> it. Um, but art's a great way to implement and practice that growth mindset when you use art as a journey, you learn and discover as you go. Um, Art is really healing because it forces you to forge a connection between your mind and body. And this is a nerd alert. So I love nerd alerts. There is clinical data to support the significance behind creativity and positive brain benefits. Um, if you are as nerdy as me and you want to review the research findings that I found, we'll have a link um, to the study in our show notes. But to sum it up, I won't bore you all with the details, but a team of researchers measured blood flow to the brain's reward center and um, the medial prefrontal cortex, they had participants complete three art activities. So coloring in a mandala, which if you aren't familiar with a mandala, it's ge geometric configuration of symbols. So like I mentioned, the adult coloring book, if you've ever used one of those, many of those are actually made up of mandalas. And a quick plug, adult coloring books are a great stocking yes. stuffer. Um, so, so I apologize, I digress. So, um, but these participants were then asked to complete three art activities. So coloring a mandala, doodling and drawing freely on a blank sheet of paper, the researchers found an increase in blood flow to this part of the brain when participants were making art. So the research suggests making art can have benefits for people dealing with health conditions that activate that reward pathways in the brain, like addictive behaviors, eating disorders, mood disorders, and grief. So right now, as a society, we are all grieving in one way or another as we're navigating month nine. Yes, month nine of this global pandemic. Every time we have loss, we grieve. So we don't always think of it that way as grieving tends to be more associated. And I don't know about you, Heather, but like before I, you know, educated myself I always just associated grief with death, dying, mourning, or bereavement. But as I've continued to develop professionally, and as I mentioned, you know, earlier, we're all grieving in some way. It's not our job to compare our grief to someone else's, but to just acknowledge our own feelings about the loss or losses we're feeling. Right. And everybody's in different stages of grieving. So some people are angry and some people are, you know, despondent or whatever. Um, So it doesn't, you know, if you're feeling angry, that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's just, we're all kind of in this different part of the path. The grief cycle is a vicious cycle and it's not linear. It's all over the place. And there's times where you think that you're past it and then you get triggered and then you go right back, you know? Yeah. And we talked about, I'm sorry, we we talked about with Jennifer about how she grieved mm -hmm. and, you know, it, she, she talked about she grieved for five months, but there are times when, you know, as her friend, I saw 
she still has moments of grief. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, you don't process it all at once and then it's done. Exactly. It can sneak up on you. Well, and especially right now um, with the holidays coming up and seasonal changes plus COVID, like it can all feel really hard and heavy. Um, But over the last nine months, I kept track of things my clients shared that they were grieving. I don't know if any of these hit home to you all, but some people um, kind of expressed grief in regards to, you know, prom, graduation, college experiences, birth experiences, like expectations that they had, holidays and birthdays, normalcy in general, like routines, grieving jobs or finances, friends, family, funerals, live events, you know, concerts and marathons, even like farmers markets and crafting shows and shopping and eating out like the list goes on and on. And I think when we recognize that these losses, some of these things that we kind of took for granted, but are no longer there, when we're able to kind of say, you know what, like, it makes sense why I'm having such deep emotions. Like I'm, I'm grieving this. Mm -hmm. It kind of, it, it, it makes it feel, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, it makes it feel like sometimes you can't put a name on it. You don't Mm -hmm. know why you're feeling sad or you feel so heavy or like, this shouldn't be that big a deal. It's only temporary. It's only, we're going to get through this. But yeah, I, we miss, I miss, I didn't even realize this until a few months ago, it hit me really hard how much I miss live music. Like I am so angry at my past self for not going to all the concerts I wanted to go to thinking, Oh, I'll always be able to do that. They'll come back around the next year. And so it's really hit me very, very hard. And so actually our whole Christmas uh, card for our company is about how much we miss live music. Mm-hmm. If you visit my website, it's all this rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, thing, yeah. Right? And so instead of giving client gifts this year, we're donating to this fund to save our stages, to help mm-hmm. small live venues. So they don't go out of business yes. because we miss music. So I, I miss music so much. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make sure it's there because I'm never going to take it for granted again. But like it didn't hit me like why I was feeling so sad every time I was listening to music one day and then it was like oh that's it and so sometimes we don't even know why we're feeling so stressed out right um but yeah and we can be grateful and be grieving at the same time like they can coexist Mm -hmm. and I think it's important to recognize that because we so many of us are grateful for the ability to zoom with families, right? Like Mm -hmm. do all of that, but we can still grieve that physical touch and being there with them. And just being able to hug them. Right. Right. And, and so give yourself permission. You can still be grateful and be grieving. So whatever you're dealing with this year, I encourage you to do some art invest your time into something creative. Um, If you want, we would love to see whatever you create. You could post a picture and tag us on social or whatever creative method that you use. Just keep, keep in mind, plug this in your brain. You do not have to be an artist um, to be creative. So go grab whatever is around the house and just create. I love it. 
Thank you, Sarah, so much. Yeah. And you know what? We may, we might even have, um, I think I have some links to different um, adult coloring pages too. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't afford to go buy a, a, a mandala book or whatever, like there are online sources as well. So I'll, I'll look for those and I'll put those in our show notes. Great. Thanks, Heather. That was great, Sarah. Thank you. It's always my pleasure. Well, that's it for now, guys. We'll be back next week with another great conversation, this time with Jamal Collins, a digital artist, as he tells us about how he teaches others to say no in order to create their best life. But before we go, I want to ask you for a favor. We really hope you're enjoying this content. We are working really hard and we love putting it out there for you. If you are enjoying it, can you please go to whatever podcast platform you're using and give us a rating and review? Five-star ratings and reviews help us get moved up in the podcast platform's algorithms, which means more people can find us. We really appreciate your support. And if we get some great reviews, we'll start rating them on some of our episodes. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.